This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to New Beginnings. We'll talk to Libel Sternbach this week. Also, Joe McKenzie is here. We'll look at what happened this week and also share today's words to the wise. You're listening to New Beginnings, and our program is underway right now. Hi, everyone. I am Freddie Bell, and with me right now is the master. I call him that because he knows how to turn candidates into contenders. He has a website, rippleconnects.com. You can reach him by phone, if you like, at 763-438-1621. That's Joe McKenzie. Joe McKenzie, happy weekend, and welcome back. Thank you, Freddie Bell. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I I just see it as a very uh, practical approach to get getting people ready to get practice, to get confident to look where maybe someone else that you haven't looked before on regards to jobs and also understand that you have transferable skills that can go into other industries. No one should be told that you can only go into one industry your whole career. And I think it's important that we understand what those are. So that's really what I focus on. And you know who makes those meetings great are my clients who uh, bring out the best in themselves to be able to move forward in their own career. So talk about the Ripple Connects. What what does the Ripple Connects name actually mean? Well, the way I think about it, especially in networking, it's if you started out right with the right people that that you know, trust, your advocates, those ripples will connect to each other. And because of the strength, it keeps going outward. And often that is how our jobs jobs are found, our new beginnings and our careers are found. And it's just important to have that visual because if you don't think that way and you don't value or want to talk to someone else about what you want to do, then you're going to run into problems because not all those opportunities are going to present themselves. When we were together last time, we talked about uh, important holiday conversations and preparation for that next move or the move up in a, in a job uh, opportunity. And this week we want to talk about the checklist for 2023. Uh, What's, what would be on a checklist for next year? Well, I, I want to cover a few key things just to get someone ready. Let, let me start out, step back and say you should not start a job search unprepared. You should not take a, a virtual interview without testing your technology or uh, understand that the STAR method for answering behavior, behavior questions, interview questions, is going to help you. You don't just decide once someone's looking at your resume to upgrade your resume or change it or your LinkedIn profile. Now's the time. That's that mental checklist. This is a great time of year to get ready for that if you choose to make a change in 2023. That's the checklist. And it has to be actionable. It can't be, oh, Joe McKenzie just said this. I don't want to do this. Well, testing your technology, getting your LinkedIn and resume ready, and just understanding that there's a hidden job market out there that we can talk about here today is a great first start in anybody's mental checklist for for job search in 2023. So you're talking about some basic fundamentals. In the old days, it used to be make sure you've got uh, the proper weight of a resume paper uh, make sure the fonts are all matching, but uh, you're talking about a now type of preparation for 2023. 
Absolutely. No, no doubt. This is the time. If you choose to make a career change, now is the time to do those things. And let's, let's start down that checklist. Freddie, if you haven't tested your, your laptop or your microphone or your camera on your laptop and you haven't done a job interview via, uh, online before or it's been a while, those are the same first impressions you would have had if you would have walked into someone's conference room and sat down. Now's the time to test it. Now's the time to test your, your, your technology and to be comfortable. Not everybody's comfortable talking into a microphone. Not everybody's comfortable getting online and, and having a, a, a virtual interview. Now's the time to practice that. And that should be because that's, that's how most first, first round, second round interviews take place is, you know, VR technology. So yeah, now's the time. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've used virtual interview and virtual meetings for quite, quite a bit here the last couple of years. Not everything goes to plan, does it, Freddie? They don't. Uh, sometimes uh, things just uh, go haywire. So in preparation for that, maybe it's a virtual conference. Uh, a lot of people meet virtually. Yeah. What do you do mm-hmm. to prepare for that virtual meeting that you just learned about yesterday and you haven't had uh, a LinkedIn, maybe you haven't had uh, – a Zoom or Meets Now or Microsoft Teams meeting in a couple of months, what do you do to get ready? I would test it. I would bring friends and family and your bench of advocates close just to make sure that you could do a, a dry run or a test run to make sure that your sound quality, how you present yourself in the background, make sure you have the right background. Um, just have your notes ready. Uh, you don't want to be scrambling to to reach for something when you're when you're talking with two or three people. I would say practice, and I would say that practice makes perfect when it comes to a lot of virtual interviews. Your first couple of interviews are not going to be as smooth as they think. Most people don't practice interviews in their lives, so just just be ready, uh, mentally prepare, but test and and practice. That that would be my first point. Uh, but also, you know, have your resume ready. Have your LinkedIn profile ready because so many people are looking at our LinkedIn profiles nowadays. You want to have the most up-to-date uh, accomplishments on there. There's a feature section, Freddie, that I think it's almost like it's headline-ish where, hey, here's here's my featured work. What a, what a great way for a potential employer to see what you featured. And if you overlook that section of your LinkedIn, I think you're – in a sense, bearing the headline, bearing the headlines of who you really are and what you can accomplish. So that would be that next mental checklist going into the holidays here. How does my LinkedIn profile look? Have I had some activity on it? Have I featured some of my best work? That should be on your checklist. As you say that, we're talking with Joe McKenzie, our career expert, and we're helping you to put together your checklist for 2023 when it comes to your career. And as you're talking about the LinkedIn profile, you got me thinking, I think, you know, I'm not looking for an opportunity, but I'm saying, oh, my goodness, maybe I do need to update my LinkedIn profile. We should just do that as a regular course of maintenance. I think you should. That's that's your first that's your first impression for for many employers or someone looking for that, that 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 person to add to their team. And you want to make sure it's updated and you have your awards, your volunteers, some of your accomplishments uh, documented there just so they can uh, take a granular approach to who you really are. 
All right. So the three things that we need to do in order to prepare to get ready for 2023, because 2022 is just about done. What are they? I would say be ready to conduct virtual interviews, practice. Just understand that you're going to struggle. You're, you're going to have some um, growing pains with some of your first interviews if it hasn't been in a while. So definitely test your technology. Make sure that your resume and LinkedIn profile are updated, but also understand that we'll talk about it in early 23 that the hidden job market exists out there. And those are jobs that may not go advertised and they remain hidden to people that are only looking at advertised jobs. So that's something you want to get on your uh, radar is that there's potential that some of the jobs that are open out there are not being advertised. Those are the three areas I would start with today. All right. That's Joe McKenzie, the founder of Ripple Connects. And you do some fine work at Ripple Connects. Yes, we do, Freddie Bell. We turn candidates into contenders. Joe, thanks so much for being with us this weekend. Thank you, Freddie Bell. I wanted to know if you had a moment. I wanted to talk to you about uh, the wonderful thing you did a few days ago in helping an individual whom you didn't know. So tell me, how long have you worked at uh, BC Liquors? Um, probably two or three months. So what was happening? Take me back to that morning when the door opened and this individual walked in. Um, I was working with my uh, manager, uh, Erica, and she goes, look, Ace, there's a homeless man digging in the trash, and I was helping somebody with their transaction. So I stopped my mid transaction, helping a customer, and I seen the man digging in the trash can, and I went out there, was like, hey, you, come here. He goes, yeah, me? I said, yeah. So I asked him, I said, man, he's like, my feet are freezing, and he's walking pigeon-toed, and then he asked He's like, man, my feet are freezing. So I looked around and just took my shoes off my feet and gave it to him at the door. Like, literally just gave it to him with no hesitation. Wow. Is that the first time you've ever done anything like that, Latea? Nope, it's not the first time. I have given shoes. I have given jackets, clothes, TVs, DVD players, all that. Like, I do that all the time. What did this individual say to you? I don't. Did you even get his name when you gave him your shoes? No, I didn't get his name, but he looked at me was like, I can't believe you're giving me shoes. And the shoes I gave him were my favorite uh, retro Jordans, black and purple for uh, the Vikings. And he looks at me and tells me, nobody would ever give me shoes like that. And I told him, I'm not everybody. So I just actually gave it to him and he said, thank you so much. And then he walks, he walks away from the job and I'm watching him. And his spirit was uplifted, and that made me feel even greater just to see that man being happy. You mentioned a second ago that you this is not the first time. Tell me the first time that you helped someone in this regard and what took place. Um, it started with my uh, own family members. Um, they didn't have shoes. They didn't have clothes. They didn't have jackets. They didn't have anything. So every year, round every year, um, I let them select the shoes that they want, clothes that they want, jackets that they want, and then I'll sit, living in my apartment complex, I'll sit a bag of shoes, a bag of jeans, a bag of shirts, a bag of sweaters, and coats and TVs in my in my hallway at my, at my apartment complex, and then by the end of the day, there's nothing left. That's incredible. So what has happened so far? I understand that there is a drive to help people who don't have shoes or jackets or warm clothing for the winter. Yeah, um, started uh, ACES Warm 
for the window drive for um, the homeless people. So um, starting to drive right now, they give up, give away shoes, jackets, coats, scarves, gloves, things that um, homeless people may need in the weather that we live in. And um, starting that drive, I didn't even know it was going to be so incredible because they're dropping so much stuff off. So, yeah, I started drive. Well, how can we get in contact with the drive? How can individuals make donations? Um, we have um, donation bins at uh, my liquor store, liquor store I work at, and liquor store too. And then we have bins at the uh, city hall. In Brooklyn Center? Yes, sir. All right. Do you have a final thought you'd like to share with me this morning, Ace? Yeah, uh, my final thought is that um, I want to give thanks to God first and um I want to thank my godparents, my mom, and my grandma for helping me, teaching me how to uh, give and donate to those who are in need. You're a real angel. Uh, I know you're called Ace, but you're a real angel. Thank you for sharing with me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for calling. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That's Latea Thomas of BC Liquors, who literally gave the shoes off her feet to a person who had none. Here are today's words to the wise. Find joy today. Here are today's words to the wise. Find joy today. These words and more are found in my brand new book entitled Words to the Wise, available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm Freddie Bell, and we'll be right back. The holiday season is here, and what better gift to give than the gift of positivity, enlightenment, and of course, good cheer. The ultimate holiday gift this year? Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and FreddieBell.com. Ensure the special people on your holiday list are greeted each day with a positive, thoughtful, yet uplifting message. So this holiday season, give the gift you know they'll love. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. And now, our supporting partner, AARP in the Twin Cities. Have you ever been scammed out of money? Have you gone to your checking account or your savings account and you realize that there's not as many funds in there as you thought? Well, Jay Hapla, the Associate State Director for Deverly RP in Minnesota, is really working hard to help you to keep more of your hard-earned money. And as we go into this holiday season, Jay, what are you seeing? Uh, what's the, the imposter scam? Is that is that one coming back again? Oh, it's going round and round, Freddie. I don't think it ever goes away, but right now is the perfect time for criminals to be using a few different kinds of imposter scams just because of the way the calendar works and what folks are dealing with right now. And you're right, you know, there's maybe never been a more important time for people to be focused on their on their bank account and their savings and trying to make their money last. Um, we certainly don't want these scammers to get their hands on it. So how are you addressing this? How do you stop scams? What is, uh, how does AARP direct this work? Yes, sir. So we run a program called the Fraud Watch Network, and folks can call our toll-free number and get help navigating through all the different type of scams that they see. And then when people are victimized and they've lost money, we can help them figure out where to get help. Um, but with all that data we collect from the thousands of people that call our uh, hotline every month, then we get the information we can share with your listeners and the public and help everyone avoid all of these scams. So why do you call it the perfect time of the year for scams right now? 
Well, there's a few things just going on in our world that make sense for the scammers to take advantage of, and I'll list them here and explain how they work. Um, back in September, the federal government stopped sending COVID tests for free through the mail, and some scammers have figured out, well, they could just replace those advertisements online with their own type of free fake ads that say you can get a free COVID test. Um, but those fake ads, they just collect people's personal information and oftentimes their payment information as well. So what, here's what folks need to know. If you want to get reimbursed for your COVID test, if you need one, talk to your insurance company, um, talk to your healthcare provider. And there, and if you're going to go online and search, make sure you're on a website that ends with .gov. That's gov the government website and they'll explain to you how you can get reimbursed for your your covid test but don't just be clicking on those random ads you see on the internet so that's just a current event that makes sense for the scammers and another uh type of imposter scam happening right now it's really uh they're impersonating utility companies banks and online retailers um like amazon and they're uh, what I've seen lately is that these these companies, these legitimate companies, are setting out alerts with advice for their customers. Uh, they're telling us all to be vigilant against fake payment requests. So these are common. And your bank and utility companies are not going to send you a request for payment with gift cards, wire transfers, or those apps like PayPal, Venmo, and Zelle. That's the scammers out there sending messages trying to get paid by impersonating those companies. And then also they say ignore the urgent emails and tests that say your account has been compromised or it's been charged. Those are just scare tactics by imposters and scammers. Um, And those emails often are text messages say, contact us and we'll help you sort this out. But it's really an imposter. And then um, when it comes to your online accounts, we want folks to use multi-factor authentication. That's some big words for eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but um, the way it's when you try to log in on your online account and then you have to get a text message or an email to access your account, that's good protection against scammers and hackers getting into your account. But what the scammers do is they call their victims and they want to get that code in, because they're trying to log into your account. So don't be handing out those codes over the inter- or over the phone when someone calls you. That's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Jay Happelow with us this morning talking about how to protect ourselves against these imposter scams. Is Are there any others that you'd like to talk about this morning? Sure. There's one more I'll highlight because it is for older folks. It's Medicare open enrollment season. So if you're watching the TV news, you probably see a lot of advertisements for different uh, Medicare insurance plans. But along with all that legitimate advertising, the scammers are acting as imposters and they call on the phone or they put ads online um, looking to steal personal information and money. But in Minnesota, we have a service that's run by the state. It's called the Senior Linkage Line. And all of their staff and volunteers who answer this phone number, they are trained to help people navigate through the different Medicare plans without trying to sell you something. So their job is just to give you the facts about the different plans. And that senior linkage line is 800-333-2433. Wow. So what would you uh, recommend to people right now who are concerned about scams or if they notice something happening? Or is there an event uh, that we can go to that, that we can learn more information, maybe a webinar or seminar? 
Yeah, sure is. So we're actually, on December 1st, we're hosting a free Scam Jam event. It's over in Oakdale, and it's a breakfast time, so folks need to register online. Um, the event runs from 9 until noon, and we have some expert speakers who will be talking about different types of fraud. There's food, there's resources from all sorts of different community organizations. Uh, December 1st in Oakdale, 9 a.m., and you got to register at aarp.org slash events. Wow. Uh, Jay, I got one for you. Uh, and I'm, I know I'm not supposed to call you with the, this information, but uh, there's one on Facebook that I just noticed the other day that said that I may have used copyrighted photos. And to click <laughs> here to uh, make sure that we're protected and that I don't have to pay money or something like that to... Uh, to protect my to protect my account and to keep my account from being closed down permanently. Well, okay, no, nothing's and, happened to my account yet. Okay, that's good. So, how'd that make you feel when you saw that alert? I was concerned. I was sure, really concerned sure. because you know, with our KMOJ account, we have several photos, and even on my personal one, there's several photos out there. Right, and so that's the number one tactic for these scammers is they have to get an emotional response out of you. So, and it sounds like you reacted properly. Sure, you were concerned, and you're thinking, "Am I in trouble because I've used some photos that I wasn't supposed to use?" And that's the first step that the scammers need is someone to get emotional, because it short circuits our better judgment. So when you feel that that uh, uneasiness or concern because you see something on Facebook or you see something in your email account. That's a good red flag to know this might be a scam. You know, these are some smart people. Why don't they just get a real job? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm with you, but it, it isn't going to stop. So we all got to support each other and share this information with your family, friends. When you get together with your family over the holidays, it's a good chance to talk about these kind of things and keep everyone safe. Do you have a real scam number that we can call if we'd like to report a scam or get more information? Well, I get plenty of reports myself, that's for sure. But our eight, our, our number where folks can call and get help is 877-908-3360. Jay Happala, Associate State Director for Community Engagement for AARP Minnesota. Jay, I can't thank you enough for being with us. Thanks for being here. Likewise. Thanks, Freddie. Have a good one. Okay, you too. It's really a pleasure being with you each week, and thanks so much for joining. It's time for It Happened This Week. In 2000, a divided U.S. Supreme Court reversed a state court decision for recounts in Florida's contested presidential election. The decision effectively transformed George W. Bush into the president-elect. In 2006, Emmy-winning actor Peter Boyle died after a long battle with multiple myeloma and heart disease. He was 71. If you'll remember, Boyle played the dancing monster in the 1974 movie Young Frankenstein, but was best known for playing cantankerous characters such as grouchy father Frank Barone in the television series Everybody Loves Raymond. The next year, in 2007, rock and roll pioneer Ike Turner died at his home in San Marcos, California. He was 76 years old. Credited as an architect of the rock and roll genre, Turner's musical talent was often overshadowed by his well-publicized struggle with drug abuse and his abuse against his ex-wife, Tina Turner, who just lost her second son. In 2012, many observed the 12-12-12 for its unique status as the last date in the century, 
with the same number month, day, and year. Thousands of couples chose that day to get married. And also in 2012, Pope Benedict XVI sent out his very first tweet through his personal Twitter account using the handle at PontiffX. His message read, Dear friends, I am pleased to get in touch with you through Twitter. Thank you for your generous response. I bless all of you from my heart, as do we. And I'm Freddie Bell, and you're listening to New Beginnings. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and now it's time to talk finance with Libel Sternbach. Libel is an Amazon best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. We've been talking about annuities. And I'm just curious, Lyle, why do some advisors love annuities and why do others just stay way away from them? So I think it's a misunderstanding. At least that's my take on it. I think it also has to do with who their clients are. And I think annuities have gotten a bad rap over the years and insurance products in general because of this thing that we were talking about earlier of calling them investments. Because when you call an insurance policy an investment, then automatically it's not going to win out against any other investment. And technically speaking, you can replicate everything that an insurance product is doing with investments for cheaper and get better performance. So if you're telling me that this is about just growing my money from, you know, 100,000 to 200,000 or participating in the stock market, then there's so many better ways to participate in the stock market and protect against, you know, the downside than an insurance product. Um, so I think that what happened is, is that, you know, insurance agents were, went out and, you know, they did a really good job of selling, you know, annuities and insurance products. And, you know, it works really well when the market is volatile because nobody wants the mark, you know, uh, the downside of the market. They want the upside. Right. And insurance is really great at like selling that. But when the market is going up on a roar, right? Like we've been the longest bull market in history, 14 years, right? Just keep going and going and going. Um, insurance has, uh, it has a tough time keeping up, right? Because you have the cost of insurance, right? You, you got to pay for, there's a death benefit in there. So you're paying for that. You're paying for the salesmen, right? Multiple salespeople involved. They're all getting paid out of that internal expenses. You still have, right, that the fact that this is multiple accounts and multiple crediting strategies. So there's a lot of complexity that goes in there. And there's no transparency, right? There, There is no transparency as to what expenses are happening and why those expenses are and whether you're getting a good deal or not. So what ends up happening is an insurance company takes a lot of money on the inside. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Because they're going to pay out your annuity payments or your life payments or whatever it is that you're going to get as a benefit. 
So it doesn't really matter what the expenses are internally. But when you look at it as an investment, it looks like an expensive investment, right? And so there are people who just look at that and, and they cringe and they're like, hey, this doesn't make any sense to me. But <laughs> me, as someone who's been on both sides of the world, I look at this and I go, well, I, first of all, I'm not really investing in this for investments, right? If I'm going into an annuity, it's because I want those contractual guarantees. It's because I want the other things that an annuity or an insurance policy or an insurance company can provide that you can't get on the open market, right? Like a death benefit. You know, you get an annuity and it could have a death benefit on it so that, um, or a, a, a universal life policy or a whole life policy and it pays, you know, a million, 10 million, whatever on death. And that's something that that's a lot of money, right? And no investment in the world can necessarily replicate that. And the reason why an insurance company can do that, because most people, their insurance policies lapse. So they're able to give these really great deals, which as an investment is really great. Now, of course, you're dead, right? So you're not the beneficiary of it. <laughs> That's true. Um, but, but it is a really great deal when you just look on the return on a, on capital. Is that the only time an annuity is really good for someone in their investment package? They're- no, 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 no. Um, so what I really love annuities for one, so one is that I like for the peace of mind aspect. Right. Mm-hmm. There are people who they just, you know, um, I'll see these people and, you know, their social security covers, you know, let's say 70 percent or 60 percent of their income needs. And then an annuity could provide the rest. Right. Or it can provide the vast majority of their income needs in retirement without taking a huge chunk out of their retirement savings. So when you have someone like that, right, it's like, and they're, and they're, you know, jittery about the market to begin with. Why not just take the risk off the table, right? It's not always about the absolute return and what's going to get you the best value. Sometimes it's about just enjoying your life. And that to me, there's nothing in the world that can really you know, give you the same kind of peace of mind that an annuity can. Uh, there are ways to structure investments, but, you know, even with investments that are structured the best way possible, at some point in the back of your mind, you're going to be wondering, you know, what happens if the market tanks? What happens if something goes really horribly wrong? Will it be there for me? Whereas with an insurance company, I, I've never had anyone really say to me, I'm afraid that the insurance company is going to go out of business. Interesting. Are there differences between annuities if I'm going to, like there are with life insurance, a mutual of Omaha or a state farm? Are there differences like that with annuities as well? Yes. They, um, the annuities come in every flavor of the rainbow, right? Like they're, they, and, and these are individual contracts. So what you get is not the same thing as what your wife will get or what your neighbor will get, right? Everyone's contract is different. So what really matters is what are the riders in there? What are the benefits that you're going to get while you're still alive? There are things that, again, insurance companies are trying to gather those assets, right? Everyone in the financial service world, other than the fee-only planners, um, the people who you pay hourly, other than those people, everyone is trying to get a hold of your assets because they make money by holding on to your assets, right? And the insurance companies are no different. They make money by holding on to your assets, even the car insurance company, by the way, right? Everyone except for Geico, the, uh, their car insurance companies, they make money by investing your premium, 
not by making money off of your policies. So this is all just an asset gathering game for them. And that means they're going to give you things, incentives to give them money that you couldn't get on your own. And one of those things I really like are long-term care policies, right? That they'll pay huge amounts of money to long-term care facilities that you couldn't get as a policy on your own. It would be unaffordable or just unavailable. And that's, we were talking about unexpected expenses in retirement. Long-term care is one of those unexpected expenses that, you know, we don't think about, but if it's something that there's a high chance that we're going to need at some point in our life to rehab, you know, from a slip and fall or something like that, or we may need a home health care worker to come, or we may need an extended stay in a long-term care facility, or we may just need someone to take care of us for those last few years of our life. And that is really, really expensive. And having your insurance policy be able to pay for that and pay a large portion of your death benefit towards that is incredibly helpful, right? To me, that like gives you a huge amount of peace of mind in your retirement plan because you now know like, okay, I have this small amount of annuity payments coming to me every single month. I have this potential, if I ever needed this pool of money that I can tap into to pay for these enormous medical expenses that would bankrupt me if I had to pay for them. And guess what? Whoever dies first is going to get a sum of money that's going to help them, you know, uh, pay for the difference in social security benefits because your social security is going to go down, right? As soon as one person dies in the relationship, your social security benefit decreases and you're going to need to make up for it because your costs are not going to decrease. So I I see it as a huge planning tool that gives a huge amount of peace of mind when it's done for non-investment reasons, right? (laughs) On paper, return on investment, unless you're planning on dying and you want to see the return on that, which I do have a group of people who that's how they view insurance is I am investing in my children's having, uh, you know, uh, a death benefit. Uh, unless you're viewing it that way, it is not an investment, right? It is everything else. So talk about some of the mistakes, Libel, that you've seen people make with annuities. The biggest mistake is not shopping it around. Um, they feel like somehow they're going to hurt the insurance agent's feelings, which, by the way, you might really hurt their feelings because they're <laughs> non-professional and they haven't been in the industry long enough. Or they think that they've got the best policy. But guess what? I'm telling you this right now. They do not have access to the best policies. They have access to the policies they know about. Go shop it around. Go talk to as many insurance agents as possible. Um, also ask for what's called a low load policy. That means that the insurance agent gets, doesn't get such a high commission. They get a low commission amount, uh, which means more of the money is going towards you, but shop it around. Every insurance company specializes in a different type of risk. Every insurance agent specializes in a different type of client, despite what they'll tell you, because they'll all tell you that, oh yeah, I deal with people like you all the time, right? But they don't deal with people like you all the time generally speaking, right? They probably deal with a certain sub-segment, which maybe you fit into that group, maybe you don't, but you won't know until you get the policy back and see, does it work for you or not? And then go speak to someone else and see if you can get something better and keep shopping around until you feel comfortable that you've got the right thing. Um, And by the way, that's where 
a good fee-only planner will come in handy because they will help you look at those policies. And this is something I do for my clients, right? I look at these policies for them and I have an insurance agent license, but I don't sell insurance. And I'll look at it and I'll tell them like, you know, hey, this looks good. This doesn't look good. This is the assumptions that the person is making. I don't really like these assumptions, right? Um, but, you know, the, the numbers in the policy are still good even with the assumptions, um, and we help them make a good decision, but you shop it around. It's interesting. So that's one piece of advice. What other advice would you give someone who is considering an annuity as a part of their retirement package or their investment package? The other thing that you got to, that you really got to consider is what if it all goes wrong? Right. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that there isn't inflation protection built into it. Um, or the inflation protection that's built into it is inadequate. Um, so they'll, the agent will propose a policy that looks on paper to be really good, right? It'll say, well, you know, like the market's down, you know, 20% this year and it'll show like, okay, we're going to give you that bonus. And then you're going to have like this great sum of money when you retire, right? You're they, when you annuitize it, except that sum of money isn't adjusted for inflation. Right. So that's how they're able to show that great sum of money and that great return because it's not adjusted for inflation. So what happens? Right. Inflation keeps growing. Right. And it's going to keep growing because our economy is based on inflation. So 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you need a lot more money in order to continue living at the same lifestyle. But your annuity, which you if you've invested all of your money into that annuity, you have no more money to grow. And so now you're cutting back on your lifestyle because that annuity didn't have inflation protection built into it. Uh, so you really want to make sure that that inflation protection is built into it and that it's something that makes sense. The other thing I'd also say is don't put all your money in the annuity, right? There are some people that maybe won't have a choice, but I, if someone has to put all their money in an annuity, I would be very hesitant to do that because then you are really subject to the whims of the insurance company and you don't know, right? There's too many, there are too many numbers that they can manipulate that you really won't know how the outcome will be until you're retired and you're living off of it. So you want to have something that's under your own control rather than under the insurance company's control. That makes a lot of sense. Libel, we're virtually out of time, but give us a, a resource to get more information about annuities. As always, on my website, yieldsforyou.com, I go in, in the Investing 101, Investing for Retirement. I talk about annuities as, over there. On uh, my blogs, I have uh, investing over there. The other thing I will also point you to, under resources, there's going to be a link to a low-load insurance agency that they will quote for you. They will answer any questions you have about insurance policies. These people get paid salary, not commission. So they will talk to you forever because it doesn't make a difference to them. <laughs> um, and they will answer all your questions. Uh, and they, they are some of the greatest people uh, I've dealt with. However, just keep in mind, the access to products they have is limited. So shop it around. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Libel. We look forward to hearing from you again next week. Libel's website is libelonfire.com. That's libelonfire.com. And more New Beginnings is straight ahead. I found these items laying on the corner of my desk. A man in Italy was arrested for holding up a donut shop for a small cup of coffee. That's it. Just a cup of coffee. Police are baffled as to why he didn't take a donut, too. Think about it. 
A businessman on his deathbed called his friend and said, Bill, I want you to promise that when I die, you will have my remains cremated. And what, his friend asked, do you want me to do with your ashes? The businessman said, just put them in an envelope and mail them to the Internal Revenue Service and write on the envelope, now you have everything. And here's our tweet of the week. Opening a news website, mute the auto-playing video, block the request to send desktop notifications, hide the cookies agreement, say no to subscribing to the Daily Mail, and then read the article. Just for fun this week, and I'm Freddie Bell. The holiday season is here, and what better gift to give than the gift of positivity, enlightenment, and of course, good cheer. The ultimate holiday gift this year? Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and FreddieBell.com. Ensure the special people on your holiday list are greeted each day with a positive, thoughtful, yet uplifting message. So this holiday season, give the gift you know they'll love. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. It's now time to welcome the Reverend James Stacy at Unity South Twin Cities. They have two services each week at 9 a.m. and at 10.30. The first is interactive and the second service a more traditional service. We now join the Reverend James Stacy as he begins a lesson entitled Unity, the Wonder Drug. We join that service already in progress. In a representative study from the University of Toronto of 246 adults, it was found that on average, nine unique opportunities to to empathize with others arose daily for the participants. That we do have opportunities in our life to understand one another to feel what one another is going through. And if you remember our definition from last week of compassion, it's not only feeling what others are experiencing, it's a sincere desire to work to help them. It's not just feeling, it's also the desire to help, to take action. Once again, these researchers in Toronto found that empathy in daily life, consistently practiced, was associated with increased well-being. It's a good medicine. An important term in this research is the in-group which is used by psychologists to define people in your bubble, in your realm. While an out-group is a term for those you don't personally relate to, agree with, or even know. They are the other for you. Now furthermore, in this serious vein, we know from the life work of Elie Wiesel, a historian of the Nazi movement in World War II, the great danger that is possible when we define people as the other. Not me, but the other. So the more we can get to know outsiders to us, the less we will hate and fear them. 
So the step four prescription our doctors give to us is to look for opportunities to be empathetic far and wide by talking to people you'd otherwise not come into contact with and educating yourself about other cultures, both at home and abroad. If you can make at least one friend in an out group, you'll have more empathy for that entire population. You'll be more helpful, more inclusive overall, and you'll think of yourself in a different, happier way. Assume good intent in others and seek to understand them. Dr. Maria Nemeth, whose work, Mastering Life's Energy, I have often uh, quoted, suggests when you see a stranger to think to yourself, this person has dreams and goals in life that are very important to them. I've practiced this myself, and if you aren't doing it, I suggest that you try. When you see the other, a stranger, someone you don't know, just remind yourself that they have dreams and goals in life. They have people they love in their life, just like you do, at the same time. Our step four in the prescription is to see it, to see it. There is something called numeracy bias. It's the assumption that it's impossible for one person to make a meaningful difference given the scope of problems in the world. But I remind you of our story from last week. The little girl on the beach who threw a stranded starfish, one of thousands washed up on the beach, she threw one of them back into the ocean. And she declared, I made a difference to that one. It's a great reminder whenever we take a compassionate action to meet a need, to see or visualize the difference we've made for an individual rather than focusing on a great population like all the people of the United States. See what you've done to help one person. I reminded you on September 11th when we, or when we initiated our food drive, and thank you for folks that have been bringing in generous amounts of non-perishable items for our food drive, to just remind yourself, yes, there is a lot of hungry, hunger right here in our own community, and certainly our country, and then the world. But remind yourself, when you make your contribution to our food drive, that there is a child or a senior or a single mother trying to take care of her family. And because of your act, one may go to bed a little less hungry because of the action you took. So, this principle to see it, see that you make a difference 
in the world. Many times in my ministry, when I have been discouraged or exhausted, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit, the activity of God, takes mercy on me. And one person will come up to me privately and say, you really made a difference in my life. Such a timely act of gratitude sets me on my way again. It lifts me out of discouragement and hopelessness and allows me to go forward just because of that one individual. And that's happened so many times. According to a Carnegie Mellon study, a charity that provides tangible details about how it uses donor money to help people and makes it easier for donors to visualize the impact of their contributions sees an increase in donations. Fred Rogers, that amazing mystic for our children, noted that when he was a boy, he would see scary things in the news and on television. And he recalls that his mother would always say, Look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Our fifth step prescription, then, is to motivate and inspire your own giving behavior by looking for individuals to relate to and for proof of the impact of your giving, your altruism. And they suggest the simplest way to get both of those conditions is to serve others in your own community. In your own community. When you give in your own circle, your own community, you can see the impact of your good. Thanks for being here this weekend, and today is National Christmas Eve Day. It kicks off a series of holiday traditions. Some are very old practices with a modern spin, while others date back hundreds of years. Christmas Eve is filled with both religious and non-religious traditions. Religious traditions center around the birth of Jesus. Different denominations have their own traditions. On Christmas Eve, Roman Catholics and Anglicans hold midnight mass. Lutherans celebrate with candlelight services and Christmas carols. Many evangelical churches hold evening services where families celebrate Holy Communion. And around the world, Christmas Eve is celebrated with a variety of foods, too. In Italy, they celebrate the Feast of Seven Fishes. Russians traditionally serve a 12-dish Christmas Eve supper before opening gifts. And meanwhile, in Bulgaria, the Christmas Eve meal consists of an odd number of meatless dishes. Regardless of how you celebrate, whether it is Christmas Eve or not, when you're listening to this, celebrate being together and living in joy and harmony. That's our show for this week, and a special thanks to all of our guests, including Joe McKenzie, Leibel Sternbach, Jay Hampela from AARP Minnesota, and of course you. Thank you for listening, thank you for calling, thank you for following us on Instagram, and sending your tweets through Twitter. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm Freddie Bell saying that every day is a chance for a new beginning. We'll see you next time.